Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we're back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler, Evan Barnard, and Arlene Brown talking money and investing. So you guys have any predictions for the year ahead? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen in the stock market? Uh, any, 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 uh, I know. I think it's going to still be there. It's going to still it's, be there. That's, go up that's and not down. very daring. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to go up and down. Yeah. And up. Betting on Wall Street's market forecast predicts trouble for your portfolio. Oh, well. Mark Holbert. And it's interesting because what is <laughs> Holbert? What is the full name of his digest, guys? Uh, the Market Timer. Uh, yeah, I forget. Digest, right? Right, right, right. And yet he is basically saying right here in this very title of this article in Market Watch, uh, not, not so fast, guys. He said recently... He reviewed the year-end forecast he received at the end of 2022. You know, so market timer is going to want another forecast. What's going to happen next? Because we got to figure out where the markets are going to go. So I know economics is a dismal science. Yes. But the exercise I went through was particularly depressing. Consider the following predictions from a well-known Wall Street analyst. Okay, here were the predictions for 2023. Now, we're not done with the year yet. <laughs> He's got a couple weeks left, right? Um, but the S&P was going to lose 17.9% or gain 18.4%. <laughs> was that the that's, range? Oh, no, that's no, the actual. No, that, no. That, was, that was what it had by the time <laughs> he had written say. this article. That's like a range. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that's, what, that's what it was by the, when he wrote this article. A recession in the U.S. will begin. Now, we don't have to wait till the end of the year to see if this one doesn't work. Uh, because the recession in the U.S. was going to begin the first quarter of 2023. And uh, yeah, actually, the first quarter it rose uh, by an annualized rate of 2%. So it wasn't a recession. It was actually it was an increase. Another 2.1 in the second quarter and 4.9 in the third quarter. Oops. Uh, another one, bonds were going to outperform stocks in the first half of 2023. Oops again. <laughs> and the other one, which is might take a little explaining, an equal equal weighted S&P 500 fund would outperform a cap weighted version. Now, we will often talk about that I am not a fan of indexing in many asset categories. Uh, large US stocks, it works okay. Uh, it works okay in uh, large international but what sometimes fun companies do is they get a little fancy for themselves and they do equal weighted. So they weight the companies, the stocks in there, you know, so where you might have the the biggest company of an index fund might be holding 7% of your assets. You know, 7% of your assets might be in the very biggest company and then you might have 0.01% uh, of your money goes in the very smallest company because they're weighting it based on size. What happens with an equal weighted, it's the same percentage in all different companies, 
regardless of size. But the problem that you run into is you have to do a lot of trading to make sure it stays equal, and that can be a problem. But typically, you will find over longer periods of time that an equal-weighted index fund will typically long run outperform a cap weighted. And the reason being is not because the, the expenses aren't so much that it doesn't overcome the weighting or the greater weighting of the smaller companies because smaller companies in 83% of 20 year periods, smaller companies outperform larger companies. Uh, but he basically says that this year they predicted that the equal weight and why, why would he predict that? Well, it's because small caps have underperformed larger companies in general, you know, not, not in every time period over the past 10 years, but in several of them, which is a little bit more unusual over the past 10 years. And, um, but they, you know, that can happen. That's why you diversify. But the point being they're, they're trying to predict, oh, the trend is going to reverse this year. And that's a problem when you try to make those kind of predictions. I mean, it's a, it's a real problem. Yeah. The, uh, and, and that's just one newsletter. And we could be telling the same story on any number of articles. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was kind of looking up, you know, we're thinking about the same thing, I guess. Yeah, and always. was we, trying to we find <laughs> people's forecasts for, yeah. 20, for 2023. Uh -huh. And, you know, well, the market had, you know, gone up some in November of, you know, 22. And we think this. And uh, one was even an article of uh, the market hadn't behaved the way his initial forecast was. Mm -hmm. And so he was changing his forecast mm. back in March of this year. Mm -hmm. And now things are going to slow down and the market's going to go down some and flatten. And oh, like, yeah. and you're still wrong. wrong. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, again, just, yeah. you, you can't predict the future. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you do the same thing twice and expect a different result. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, predicting is just predicting. And you know, the reason why do they do it? Well, the reason they do it is they just might get lucky. And therefore, what happens when you do get lucky and you do outperform, then you have bragging rights. Yes. Whereas you don't get held, your feet held to the fire very often if your prediction is wrong. I mean, people forget about it because it was wrong and it's like, oh, well, everybody. Well, he has to do that so that he can uh, sell more uh, subscription for his newsletter. Well, of course. I mean, you know, you look at the investment industry as a whole, uh, it is built on that idea of trying to predict the future because people think that that's what the advisor is supposed to do. And, you know, people will say, although the thing that gets me is they say all the time, well, I can't time the market. You hear, you hear, hear them give lip service to the fact that they yes. can't do it. Right. <laughs> but then what are they actually doing? And people are under the assumption that their advisor isn't doing it, their mutual fund company isn't doing it until you prove it to them. Right. I mean, how many yes. times, how many times have you done that it, with people? Oh, well, every week for the last 20 years, you know. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's interesting. I uh, One of the things I really enjoyed, actually, when I first came down here and mm -hmm. uh, we hadn't even actually opened the office in Cool Springs yet, mm -hmm. um, was your your explanation of a mutual fund manager is a lot like a politician. And <laughs> Oh, I don't remember this one. You know, Go ahead. What was it? <laughs> the mutual fund manager's job is keeping his job. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, if the market's down and the fund is down, his job is safe. You know, people oh, yeah, are like, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. you know, the market's down. Yeah, you, what, what are you going to do? Right. And if the market's up and the fund is up, well, you know, I'm a genius. I got the, I got the right fund. Uh -huh. If the market's <laughs> up and the fund is down, 
he's going to get fired. You're an idiot. And yeah. you know, and so <laughs> the market's blazing they hot. They look you like up. the market because yeah, they want to keep their job. Right. They're not doing what they're theoretically being hired to do. And it is safest. Yeah, exactly. To go along with the quote unquote market. Yes. Because people aren't paying a whole lot of attention. Yep. You know, otherwise. Yeah, for sure. So this shouldn't come as a surprise. According to Howard Marks, co-founder of and co-chairman of Oak Tree Capital Management, Marks has argued for years that it's mostly, if not completely impossible, to forecast the macro economy. And then he gets into why, which I, I like his explanation. Number one, consumers have feelings. Yeah. 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 Tastes. <laughs> they have tastes. And tastes change all the time. I was watching something. My son's watching football, right? And I go, Alex, look. And my wife walks in, look, she's wearing bell bottoms. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, it was, and I was like, wow, look at that. They're back, man. Awesome. The 70s. Woo. You know, maybe pet, Maybe Pet Rocks will make a comeback for Christmas this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, you think? <laughs> uh, second thing is much of what's happening right now is historically unique. Yeah. There's always <laughs> something, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. But they're always... <laughs> You know, history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes is the way I yeah. like to put it, right? And, you know, that's very true. There, There's stuff going on right now that hasn't happened before. We don't know exactly how, because there's new technology, Right? how countries will respond to the new thing happening mm-hmm. will be completely different, right? Well, at one point, a wheel was new and unique. Right. You know, at one point, a, an electric drill was... New and unique, you know. I and mean, you're going to respond differently with yeah, that new technology. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to run up to you with a, a, a horse anymore, right? Right. I'm going to go. You know, I'm going to put a cart behind that horse, and and you know, because I can do a little bit quicker, and yeah. and you know, I'm not bouncing up and down as much, and maybe I shoot more accurately or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, third thing he says was macroeconomic forecasting relies on circular reasoning. Now, that takes a little explaining. You know, to predict the overall performance of the economy, we need to make assumptions about, for example, consumer behavior. But to predict consumer behavior, don't we need to make assumptions regarding the overall economic environment? Yeah. You know, when the economic environment is good, maybe consumer behavior is going to be that which is a little bit more Mm risk-taking, maybe a little bit more optimistic. Maybe they're going to feel a little bit better and spend more and spend more on maybe luxury items, whereas mm-hmm. if they were feeling a little bit trepidation, you know, right. ah, I'm not going to do that, right? Uh, so you look at the hedge funds built on this. This is where it really gets interesting. The hedge funds built on, and they're macro hedge funds, five-year annualized return. Because everybody used to talk, oh, you know, you want to invest like the rich do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you want to own hedge funds, right? Uh, no, maybe not. Uh, 5.3% return versus the S&P at 11. Uh, 10-year return of the HFRI hedge fund index. So looking at all these different hedge funds out there, 4.2% versus 11.18%. And for anybody that has a problem with math, 11 is much higher than four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you go, wow, maybe not a really, really good idea. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. 
Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, we're back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler, Evan Barnard, and Arlene Brown talking money and investing. So, hey, you know what? You know, they went and changed the tax brackets, and they're they're changing the... But wouldn't it be better just not to pay tax at all? Absolutely. <laughs> what do you, you think? Know, if you, you structure... You got any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked you like that, that, Johnny. Setup? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and here's Johnny. If you structure your affairs now. properly, you don't have to worry about any increases in future tax Isn't rates. Isn't that great? And so, you know, I was I was in this, uh, and I laugh, but it's it's really a cautionary tale. Hmm. I was uh, on a uh, Zoom conference uh, the last couple of days, and ran across somebody, and uh, we started exchanging information. And uh, basically, this individual had heard, you know, in the conversations sharing on the Zoom, heard I was an investment advisor and messaged me mm -hmm. and said, hey, I'd like to talk with you about this really cool trust. And if you're a 1099 earner or if you have investment income or if you're a real estate investor, you know, there's a way to set up this complex trust that's a non-grantor, you know, spendthrift trust but it's got to be complex and not simple and if you're and, listening to this show we're and, sorry but we have to actually point this stuff out yeah <laughs> and you know and so um you know what she knew was i was a financial advisor mm -hmm. fine she didn't know i was an enrolled agent and had done this for 30 years and you know we've <laughs> and just wasn't we, into none of us sales. just fall on fell <laughs> off the turn it wasn't truck. into product sales well yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with sales to me as far no, as No, I know, goes. but I'm talking about, you know. But yeah, and so, when you, come you know, anytime I hear, if you draft your trust the right way, you don't have to pay any tax on your income, and you could sell your house, and you don't pay any tax, and you can make money in your business, and you don't pay any tax, the hair just goes up on the back of my head, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So, I was reading through the material and all, just doing some basic due diligence, Um but it was interesting in researching some of that, I ran across a memorandum from the Office of Chief Counsel of the Internal Revenue Service related to non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spendthrift well, trust. Well, imagine yeah. that. It's actually on their <laughs> radar screen. It's, and so who would have thunk? This was an August 9th memorandum of this year. And uh, – in the in the commentary, they go back to you know these trusts are starting to be marketed two or three years ago, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, and basically this is a memorandum to their audit force, mm -hmm. and basically said if you run across one of these trusts, yeah, make sure they're 
showing that this is taxable income. Make sure that get they're your anten- get their antenna doing off so capital gains. Kind make of sure they're reporting dividends. Wow. Right, and because it's it, like so many things, and we've all we've all seen these over the years. And it could be an investment pitch, or it could be a legal pitch. Right, but they'll say, well, in paragraph six forty three b, this make you know of the code, this works. And you're like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but. A, there's at least 642 other sections before 643 came out right. that may come into being, you know. Right. And, you know, it's, well, it's it's kind of like scripture, you know, put, basing your entire theology on one verse. Mm-hmm. And, and no, you got you to gotta read a little bit bigger chunk <laughs> mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. up with, a, you know, a mindset. And so, you know, I it was frustrating because they sound great. I mean, who mm-hmm. wouldn't like to structure their affairs so I don't pay tax on my earnings and my kids get all this money. And like we we kind of kidded earlier, this is what the rich people do. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And it's it's just a cautionary tale. There is some truth to the phrase, if it sounds too good to be mm-hmm. true, it probably is. But this is one I'm going to follow pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'm going to forward this memorandum to the person that introduced me to the concept and just say you you might want to do some additional due diligence uh, to make sure you don't get sued putting people into these things. If you may remember this, there was an Arlene possibly as well, uh, because I think both of you had, you know, pretty decent understanding of insurance concepts and things like that. Do you yeah. remember there was yeah. a contract <laughs> that they had out years ago? And it was supposed to be the idea of a modified endowment contract. You know, you don't have too much money going into something, and the cash value builds up too much. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with situations where you have taxes and penalties if you pull money out and those types of things. And yeah. You remember when they had, there was an insurance company that came out with a product mm-hmm. that by design did not build up cash value fast enough for it to become a mech, but you put so much money in. And then after like the 11th year or something, is this Arlene, you're like pointing going, this sounds familiar to you, doesn't it? This they, they were sued. Sounds like life. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't there was work. A settlement I mean, like two months ago. Oh, they really? That I, I had not heard that. I had not heard that. I'm so but, afraid to, t- to well, say that. But it doesn't matter. Company. But, the, but uh-huh. no, yeah. don't say the company. But I think oh, yeah. the uh-huh. point is, is that that was something I told people. This was I'm going back 15 yeah. Almost 20 years that this was out there, and I was doing this radio show, and I was telling people, don't do this. Don't do this. Because, you know, there's a difference between tax avoidance yes. and, and tax <laughs> evasion. Yeah. You know, you're really looking for trouble when you engage in the latter. Yes. And so often that happens. I remember another guy coming in one time. This guy was a... Um, I won't. I won't even say his, his occupation. He was a doctor of some sort. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I remember never forget the first meeting that I had with a guy, and there was a tax shelter type of a program that yep. he had been in yeah. that blew up. And he walked in, plopped down across from me. I was in a 566 square foot office in a bank building because uh, I couldn't afford anything better when I first started this show. Uh, but, you know, what happened was he came in, and he plopped down, and he looks at me, and he goes, you're my last hope. And there's a guy that had been hit with every little yeah. tax avoidance evasion scheme underneath the sun. And they sound great. And they do. Yeah. Sounds too good to be true in so many different ways, folks. <laughs> 
just, it is, okay? Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.